Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Welcome to the Daily DLP. I'm your host, Ash Thompson. Today on a short week, we're jumping straight into the Packers game on Thanksgiving. The Green Bay Packers offense is the product of head coach Matt LaFleur. LaFleur's from Mount Pleasant, Michigan, for those of you who care. Uh, he joined the 2008 Texas staff where he met Kyle Shanahan. Probably know the rest of this story, but I'll go through it super quick anyway. 2010, Shanahan gets the wa- or, sorry, Mike Shanahan, the elder Shanahan, gets the Washington head coach job, brings his son Kyle in, and assembles a think tank of offensive thought. Uh, Kyle brought LaFleur over. To his coaching staff with the Falcons for the single season that Matt Ryan looked like he was a Hall of Fame quarterback and the Falcons went to the Super Bowl. Shanahan went to San Francisco. LaFleur went over to the Rams. Sean McVay. Uh, Jared Goff went in that season that LaFleur was there from the disastrous rookie campaign that was as bad as any rookie quarterback's ever been, honestly, uh, to a pro bowler very rapidly. LaFleur then joined Mike Verbal for a season as the offensive coordinator uh, because he wanted basically to prove that he was a real offensive coordinator. Uh, Shanahan and McVay both call the plays for their offenses, so their offensive coordinators are air quotes, offensive coordinators in a lot of people's eyes. Uh, so LaFleur spread his wings and flew. The next year, he was the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Where Aaron Rodgers recovered from the damage that had been done in the Mike McCarthy era. <laughs> uh, basically, the Packers offense is designed to complete a bunch of short passes and run the ball to open up downfield play action passing. That's what they do. They try to make the quarterback's life as easy as possible. But they don't really help out everybody else nearly as much. Um, most Shanahan-inspired offenses kind of use the a run zone. Sorry, the zone blocking scheme in the running game. Get my English words back here. Uh, <laughs> almost exclusively. The Packers don't do that. Uh, they kind of try to Ben Johnson things up where they're doing everything. Uh, the thing is, they don't really have the players with a high enough skill level anymore to really do that on this roster. Uh, particularly because it looks like Aaron Jones isn't going to play this week. And he has not played a lot this season. And it's all been on A.J. Dillon, who has had kind of a trash year. Uh, he's at about three and a, he's at three and a half a carry. Uh, in 10 games, uh, but his success rate is over 50%. So a lot of that is just the fact that he was getting the same kind of work David Montgomery was getting at the beginning of the year before they kind of started splitting everything evenly in Detroit. They're just only really giving him short yardage work. Uh, so his yards per carry are low, but his success rate on those carries is relatively high. Which is part of what the first basically key to winning this game is going to be. I'll get there. Just wait for it. The problem with this offense is Jordan Love. In a nutshell, uh, misses throws, makes bad decisions, does it a lot. 
And when he makes mistakes, the teams that beat the Packers take advantage of those mistakes. When he gets away with them, this offense looks like a pretty reasonably well-maintained machine. I'm going to stop short of well-oiled. Let's not get carried away. But in games where Jordan Love doesn't throw an interception, and there are no games where he doesn't throw turnover-worthy throws. Like, let's get that straight. In the games where they are not capitalized on and there is no interception, the Packers are 3-1. and one. In games where he does throw even one interception, the Packers are 1-5. and five. That's kind of the margin of error that they have to work with with their personnel. Uh, the youngest team in the league, their receivers are almost entirely rookies or second-year players at best. And they were project second-year players. Like It's not like we expected Christian Watson to come into this league running a full route tree. It just isn't happening. So the first thing you need to do to beat the Packers, and I said this the first time too, is when Jordan Love gives you a gift, you have to take it from him. Play clean football in the secondary so you don't bail him out. And turn to look for the ball on passes over 15 yards because they might hit you in the nameplate on the back of your jersey if you don't. And the key to making him make those mistakes, this is where the whole A.J. Dillon thing rolls back in, is you need to get the Packers into third and long situations because they can convert third and short. A.J. Dillon's been pretty good at that. Third and long... Not so successful, so you need to stop the run on the early downs or force incompletions on those early downs. Don't give them any easy yardage on first and second down. Get into third and long. The second key for the Lions defense, they really need a very solid self-scout on this defense, like, LaFleur has been putting love in good spots all year. He's just been missing throws. And the lines lately have been kind of leaky on the back end. Love isn't going to miss every one of these throws. Uh, he's got some pretty nice highlight deep balls this year to go with the really, really awful low light deep balls. Um, but you can bet that LaFleur watched the recent games where the Lions let a lot of different types of receivers get open deep. And LaFleur, kind of depending on health, don't really know yet. We'll know until right before kickoff what he's actually got. But that team has a lot of burners in that receiver room. Jordan Love isn't the same level of athlete that has been giving the Lions fits, but he's not a statue. Uh, with that said, their pass rush should have a bit of a resurgence this week because their offensive line isn't very good. Uh... <laughs> And Love's a pretty sackable quarterback. He's just not super quick to get rid of the ball or give up on the play. He does run occasionally, but I mean, he's got 34 runs on the year. So every once in a while, he'll kind of squeak out of the pocket and do something. But it's not part of his game to the same level that it is with someone like Herbert or definitely not Justin Fields. Uh, the Lions sacked him a lot the first time. There's no reason to think that they can't do it the second time as well. Uh, basically the Lions defense just needs to play sound football. Uh, th that's what this comes down to. Like, don't make mistakes. Don't give them anything. 
because they're not really good enough to take it from you if you don't. And they are going to make mistakes that will cost them the game. Easy enough, right? So, on to the Packers' defense. Thing one, Jared Goff really needs to take care of the football. Uh, he's on pace for, I believe it's 14 interceptions on the year. That's not a happy number. That's not a, man, I really want to give that guy an extension kind of number. Like, we, that needs to stop. Or at least slow down significantly. We're at eight on the year. We don't want to get into the, the double digits too far. It's going to throw picks. It's going to happen. Uh, and I mean, two of the three last week were a little fluky. And, and that does happen to every quarterback. Think of Brian Branch's intercepting a perfect pass in week one that uh, Mahomes guy just decided he didn't want to catch. Um, stuff just goes wrong. Two of those are probably not really on Goff. But in the end, all of them are on Goff. The only way a good team, which the Lions are, loses to a bad team, which the Packers are, is if they start turning the ball over. And the Lions almost did that with the Bears last week. The Bears and Packers do a lot of similar things defensively in terms of their overall schematic thoughts. Uh, as far as play calling goes, uh, Matt Eberflus is a much better play caller than Joe Barry. Just spitting facts. Uh, but what the Bears did last week that messed with Goff's head, and, and they clearly did things that, that he was not expecting, he said as much in the post-game press conferences, those things are transferable to the Packers' defense if Barry does it. The Lions need to be a little bit ready for the Packers to pull a similar Jekyll and Hyde kind of show as what the Bears did. But as far as the blitzing goes, which was a huge component of what the Bears did, wasn't hiding their blitzes very, very well. The Packers already kind of do that. And if that's going to cause the Lions offense to have issues, it'll happen again this week. That's, that's the actual transferable thing from last week. A lot of people are thinking about the, you know, Inside linebacker drop depths as, as like transferable from one thing to another, but the only reason that worked is because they don't usually do that. Whereas hiding your blitzes is something that gives Jared Goff problems. Always has been, probably always will be. Uh, but I don't have a lot of faith in Joe Barry like pulling a Jekyll and Hyde kind of switch. He's been pretty set in his ways for his entire career. And if he tries to change his spots to emulate somebody else's plan, it's likely not going to be implemented as well because that's just not his MO. Like, there are guys who steal from everybody. That is what Ben Johnson does on the offensive side of the ball. Oh, hey, that's a cool play. There is no reason we can't run that play next week. <laughs> um, whereas on the defensive side of the ball for the Packers, they have somebody who doesn't really think that way. He thinks within his scheme for the most part. If that makes sense. So the lines need to plan for both contingencies. Like they have to be ready to see something different, but also still be ready in case the, the guy just rolls out his base defense. Uh, but the lions offense offensive issues disappeared when they went up tempo last week. And that is because it drastically alters the kinds of plays that they're running. If they're not doing the jet sweep motion stuff, 
They're not doing the plays that come out of that jet sweep motion or all of the other intricate things that they do pre-snap to kind of determine coverages. If they just line up and say, go beat that guy in front of you, they have some players that can get that done. So if they need to resort to the, the quick tempo stuff rather than their intricate set pieces, like their intricate set pieces are very, very good. But if your quarterback is on his back or under pressure and throwing interceptions when you're doing them, it doesn't matter how well the play is drawn up. Uh, so the guys they have that can just beat one-on-one coverages are Sam Laporta, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Jamison Williams. I think big snaps for JMO is a key this week. Whether he gets the ball or not, he's a thing that Barry needs to deal with, and at his deepest core, his fundamental belief, Joe Barry this is, is that you don't give up deep touchdowns. So if JMO is on the field, he's not going to be getting tricky. He's not going to be doing any of that stuff. He's going to be running cover two shells so that he always has somebody over the top of JMO. Make him choose between emulating what the Bears did and stopping deep passes to JMO. That is a huge key to this week. And... It just doesn't work if you don't have JMO on the field, to, to be perfectly blunt. Uh, the Lions don't really have another guy who puts that same fear. Like, Khalif Raymond's fast. He's not a deep threat. Just straight up is not. Uh, and Reynolds, like Josh Reynolds, doesn't have the speed to be terrifying. You know what I mean? You can You can have one deep safety and be relatively sure you're going to be okay if Josh Reynolds goes deep. Not the same with JMO. Somebody has to be over the top of that constantly, or you're you're gonna have a bad day. All of his touchdowns have been thirty or more yards, every single one of them. Now, granted, there's only three, but it wouldn't shock me if he got three more this week. And I haven't really been pumping pumping his tires particularly, but this is a week where. This defense might try to step out of character, and if they step out of character, it is a huge opportunity for a guy who runs 4-2. The Packers injury list is 17 players long for the short week, uh, but only six of those players actually missed a practice. It's reasonable to think that the vast majority of these guys are just getting an easy practice week and missing some stuff because of the short week and if it was a longer week they might be getting full practices in only Devondre Campbell on the defensive side of the ball is a person who has actually missed practice and while that would be a blow to the defense it's on the same level as Rashawn Gary who's been limited you feeling me it's a huge injury list almost all of those guys are probably going to play not that big a deal. Actually, on the offensive side of the ball, it might be a bigger deal because like all of their receivers are limited in practice, which doesn't bode well for Jordan Love either because he's not getting the reps with those guys on the plays they're using this week. Um, honestly, though, the Lions are just a better team than the Packers. That's the biggest key in this, though, is uh, not just assuming that the fact that you're the better team means that you're going to win. This is the NFL. You always have to do more than just show up. 
That's the lesson the Lions taught the Packers in Week 18 last year, if all of us will recall, when every single pundit had that down as a Lions loss. Because what possible reason would they have to care? What possible reason would this loser Packers team have to care about this game? Well, it's on national TV. Everybody's watching it. So just straight up pride in their own craft. Uh, They've also dropped a lot of games in a row to the Lions. So again, just to feel good about yourself, you want to come out and have a performance on national TV, maybe take a little bit of the stain off the last couple of years of that team. The most important thing the Lions need to remember is the lesson that they taught the Packers without having it repeated back to them. See you after the game, where I'm either doing a post-game show or tomorrow there will be a daily DLP. One of the two. If you see a post-game show, there is no daily DLP because the daily DLP would just be me saying the exact same things I said on the post-game show. That's how that works. Um, In most home games that aren't at weird times, I'll be doing the post-game show going forward. Uh, So on the... Basically, for home games, there's probably not usually going to be a a Monday daily DLP. In this case, there would be no Friday daily DLP. There wouldn't be one again until Monday. So, see you either after the game or on Friday morning or on Monday morning. Have a great day. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Lions on three. One, two, three. You've had enough of that shit.